do not trade more money than you can afford to lose because it will affect your decision-making around trading. If you do have some kind of a system that you're going to use and you invest too much money, you will not adhere to your system. Your psychology will overpower your, your ability to maintain your system. Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo-jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I am going to talk to Eric Majors today. Eric is an expert in international financial market analysis and algorithms. And he has a bachelor's of science in electrical engineering. Eric was a US registered investment advisor as well as a business owner who worked with the CIA. Okay, I'm going to talk about CIA now today. <laughs> but so he's got a lot of degrees. He's worked all over the world. That was pretty interesting to me when I spoke with Eric. He, I remember he had mentioned South Africa was one of the countries where he spent a lot of time. And we want to talk about, the. as all of you guys are aware, I love cryptos. I have lot of my personal portfolio in cryptos as well as we have bitcoin mining companies we just launched our bitcoin mining fund four we have also launched a data center fund so whenever someone talks about cryptos and they have some new ideas i am always all ears about it i want to know what they are thinking why they are thinking this way so i'm very excited to talk about a new coin it's called rxid coin which eric and his brother have launched and I want to talk all about it. So welcome, Eric. Hey, good to see you. Great to be with you. Appreciate the introduction. Just looking forward to sharing what we're doing, man. Absolutely. And I know I didn't do justice to your bio. So we are going to throw you a curveball. <laughs> Tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, something funny about myself. The first thing that comes to my mind is... Uh, Dad jokes, you know, I'm, I'm a dad, yeah. you know, and so the, the, the kids are always uh, giving me a hard time about the jokes, you know, when you're a dad, you, you, you have to come up with things immediately, and uh, so that may be one of the funny things I think is funny anyway, they always think I'm laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, 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 when you mentioned that, I started thinking about myself, because that's exactly what happens with me and with my two daughters. All the time, I make a joke and they're like, it's a bad, bad joke. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's good. I laughed. <laughs> yeah, that's what she says. Well, at least you make I, yourself laugh. Yeah, laugh. that's what matters in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us your story. Where did well, you start and why are you here in crypto now? Tell us what happened. Well, um, boy, I got a long story. I'm going to try to just make it short as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. Let's condense but, it. <laughs> um, I have, when I was in university studying electrical and computer engineering, you know, back in the old days in the 1980s, uh, something really, I worked for a uh, Dean Witter a broker firm for a while as an intern. And I just saw the price fluctuations going on on the computers in those days. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, somebody seems like there's some money to be made in here. I was watching all the options as they're dying off. And I said, look at this price action. You know, what if I could yeah. program my computer to uh, what if I could program my computer and use my engineering degree to to analyze these things and find areas to trade in there? You know, and I was hooked. Wow. OK. That time on, I just thought, wow, I can't think of anything more exciting that I would rather do 
than to apply computer programming knowledge to analyzing <laughs> the markets and making money with it. You know, I just thought, yeah. what could be more exciting? And so I spent many long nights uh, in those days on the phone with Charles Schwab. I opened up an account and in those days, oh, about, okay. yeah, the brokers would talk to you 24 hours a day. So I would talk to him all the time, ask him questions. You know, read oh, them. really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> then I started, uh, after a while, I started really getting advanced and, and started trading uh, futures and, and options on futures and things like that. And um, I was able to, in those days, even, even find some patterns. And uh, in yeah. around the, the mid 1995s, I actually started writing a little course of my own because uh, some friends of mine that were engineers were also interested in this. And we, it's, it's kind of funny because the computational power back then wasn't, wasn't what, what it is today. Yeah, yeah. that and, was that thing. Now you have uh, now you have boats, uh, you know, making all those million dollars of transactions in nanoseconds, right? Yeah, yeah. It's and like, so, a lot of the analysis that I would propose at the time, people would laugh at, literally. And I'd say, well, look, well, we got to wake up in the morning, have the computer find all the stocks that are on the move, and automatically place the trades. You know, of course, that mm, okay. child's play now. I mean, now it's everybody yes. does it. Back yeah. then, it was like, how are you going to analyze thousands of stocks with a PC? Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, somebody's got to do it. You know. <laughs> so, wow, you needed to build a software at that time, and right. we could have sold it, like Think or Swim by TD Ameritrade. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mention that because ultimately, later on, when um, Forex became a thing, you know, you had. Uh, I don't want to say trade station. I use that for, for yes, yeah, trade station. Right, yeah. but then uh, we have MetaTrader and things like that. So when Forex yeah. came along, it was really great to me because the the MetaTrader language was C and C plus plus. And so anyway, yeah. bottom line is I really dug into that. I wrote a lot of algorithms that I actually sold and rented and leased to different fund managers and made a lot of money in that business. And if anybody knows anything about technical market analysis and using computers to trade in, in those days, especially you, you can find things that work for a while, but you can't find things that are going to just work all, under all market conditions. So, nope. uh, you know, you, the, the art of that whole business is to find things and then to turn them off when they're not working, to know when to stop right. trading <laughs> otherwise jp diamond wouldn't have lost so much money in derivatives trading right if they have all the computational power they have all the fund managers working for it you cannot have a program which will work for them yeah, <laughs> in yeah. every condition <laughs> uh, you know what was funny was that ultimately i went to i, I wanted to become a, a fund manager myself and i went you know and started to to look at that and i didn't understand anything about the securities laws and this sort of thing ah. uh, Right, little, little things you needed to deal with. And I ended up getting a job for a small hedge fund in the BBI outside the United States. And I learned a lot from that. And one of the things I learned was I wanted to really have really good administrative software to handle all the clients and the business end that came in. So I actually started a business to develop that software. And uh, we had a lot of good clients that, that most of our clients were funds that were damaged, very complex funds, and they needed to do a reaccounting of their things and so forth. But that was exciting times. Um, but, you know, no matter how, ultimately, I, I had to become a registered investment advisor because of the laws and regulations. I didn't know that I was running afoul of them, and they were kind of lenient on me. I had put out some opportunities for people to invest, and the state said, hey, uh, you know, you got to be registered. And I said, what are you talking about? You know, they, yeah. they're they're kind of nice about it. You know, they say, yeah, we can right. get in trouble for this. You know? They're not tired nice about it now. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I got my registration and I was in the right place at the right time. It was right during the dot-com boom in the early. Oh, 2000s. wow. Yes. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was advising uh, publicly traded companies and looking at their technology. And I had a board of advisors from different universities that would do these 
technology reviews uh, on their businesses to determine whether or not it was worth it for people to invest in their company. And when I got that exposure, I, I thought to myself, wow, you know, I don't have to be Nostradamus anymore. I don't have to sit here and use a computer to predict the markets. I could just become an investment banker and own the casino myself and have all the, just get the shares, you know? And so, so I did that. So that's kind of the background I came from. I kept some of those public companies, uh, did some things with them, sold a lot of them, traded them, listed a few, a few big ones. One of my favorite ones is Elliott Corporation. It's a they make a helmeted, uh, a, a neck brace for helmeted motorsports. You can see them on, on the motocross racers and, and all that. So that was a company that I listed on the stock exchange. They're from South Africa. Um, oh, I, wow. Okay. Yeah. When I lived, was living in South Africa, I went back into the investment banking business and because there's some good businesses, you know, in South so, Africa. So now after you did all that, how did you land in crypto world? <laughs> well, we, you know, to be a perfect honest, we got, you know, the markets are very he heavily regulated. I ran into some trouble with one of my publicly traded companies and the filings of it. Had to get out of that company. At, uh, one of my biggest companies that I, I actually ran, we ran into trouble. We ended up getting delisted, you know, because of- the Oh, wow. It was, it was a big mess. It was a really big mess. So I ended up losing some of my licenses as a result of that. And it was, a, it was quite a debacle. And so I went back to just designing Forex systems and selling those to fund managers and doing that sort of thing. Made some pretty good money in that. But when cryptocurrency started coming along, I saw, you know, I just been paying attention to it. I actually wrote a book about it a long time ago when I was in South Africa. It was just weird. I just had this vision that there was something. Oh, wow. That's interesting. There was something coming, you know, and it was weird because I just had these premonitions, you know, and, and I yep. get these quite often. And it was around cryptocurrency. I thought, wow, why don't people just make some kind of software currencies to bail out some of these countries that I was that I did business with? In right. And, and here you got all of a sudden Bitcoin comes out, you know? So I paid close attention to that. I, I didn't unfortunately become Bitcoin rich. You know, I, I dealt with right. it a little bit, but I didn't have enough in my wallet when it, when it went to the did. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> but I will say that I did make some money with it in the early stages. I just never had any enough in, a, in any one wallet at a, at a time to have benefited from the huge spike. But, 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 you know, when I was making money trading Bitcoin, it was literally on the streets, selling it to people through local Bitcoin, uh, going to banks, depositing money, it was crazy, you know, but we made some money. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It became too logistically difficult. You know, we were making money, but just not enough to justify all the, all the things that had to be done back then. That was, you know, 2014, 2015 timeframe. Mm, okay. We've come a long way since then. Right. Uh, so I wrote some books uh, called Dot Money because of my experience with international financial markets. Um, I did some work with the CIA for a while and I owned an international investment advising firm and I owned a registered investment advising firm doing business in all these countries. I had offices in China and the United States and South Africa and, you know, in Europe and South America. And so when you're in that kind of position, you find out a lot of things, you know, you get to experience a lot of things. And uh, so ultimately um, I wrote this book about monetary policy and how I felt it was going to change because of things like Bitcoin. And the name of that book is called Dot Money. And uh, you can buy that on Amazon. I got other, other books like that. Um, and I actually was going to, I didn't think about launching a cryptocurrency. This was in 2015. Some other people thought of it after they read the book and they started a project around doing it. It's called the Global Currency Reserve. But it was just um, a small group of people and they didn't really push it forward, but the websites are still there. It's pretty interesting. Hmm. Uh, but as a result of my interest in that and seeing what was coming up in, in, in monetary policy around the world, I got hired to help build out some cryptocurrency exchanges, um, some private ones for 
uh, B2B things, a company called Amber. Uh, and they're, oh, they're okay. yeah, A-M-M-B-R dot finance. And now they've got invited to do that, which was really great. And now they're, they're actually one of our business partners in our exceed coin. Uh, and so, they, go ahead. Uh, that's, that's great. It's perfect timing. What is our exceed coin? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, RX Seed Coin really was uh, started by a fellow named uh, David Miller, and uh, he ran it and then met my brother. David Miller had started a coin years ago, and the vision for his coin in those days was around um, a multi-level marketing business that he had around coffee. And uh, he has a business. Okay. Yeah, he has a business called RX Smart Coffee, and, it, and you can go online and see it's really great. You know, that's his, his life's work what he does for a living and uh they sell a ton of coffee and what it is is coffee beans infused with uh you know with uh vitamins and minerals and things like this so and it tastes mm, interesting I've, I've had it and they have some really good novelty ones in there too for men you know and this sort of thing oh okay <laughs> but anyway he he uh started a cryptocurrency for that purpose it didn't really work out uh, but then he had a vision to say hey you know we need a cryptocurrency to help with the world uh, he met my brother and my brother owns uh, some a really big construction company and, and uh he's made a lot of money in construction he's in nashville in, right in nashville yeah 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 um and and so he has a heart you know he's constantly well known in his community for helping and, and wanting to give and especially when storms happen and things like that and he's just done a lot of charity work so when those two guys teamed up um the idea was it wasn't it's not a charity coin i want to make that clear but what they decided to do was they uh, jeff had been studying cryptocurrency and the different businesses that can be facilitated through it and so they got together and said hey why don't we join forces uh by this time david had already created the coin on the stellar blockchain and then my brother you know asked me to get involved because you know i know all about this stuff and so we really all sat down and said i you know i said well, what is this going to look like i mean it's not i, I don't necessarily want to just do a pure charity coin and I don't see any, you know, and they, they agreed, they already knew there was going to be a business behind it, uh, but they wanted to use the coin to promote uh, helping people. And so I got the guys from Amber to join into the project and Amber is basically a huge blockchain engineering resource They're based out of Dubai and UAE and Abu Dhabi, and that's their base, but they have uh, engineers all around. If anyone, it's very hard to find engineering resources in, you know, the blockchain community right now yes it's very hard you know i know i'm trying to <laughs> so we, we have you know they're all bitcoin rich they're all busy doing their own thing and, yep. and you know not a, a lot of which even I, I don't even understand but whatever god bless them <laughs> so um, <laughs> we have these rare engineering assets and they are in, in, already developing they have been developing business since i worked with them on that that exchange years ago and they've come a long way so they have their own nft exchange capability. They're out there uh, doing a lot of really cool NFTs. If you go to ammbr.finance, uh, you'll see some of their NFTs or they're coming out in the news. They did an Indian movie company. They just did oh, an wow. NFT, uh, NFT around gold mine in Madagascar where they're working with the government over there. So really exciting things. And so they have this so background. Yeah, so, so, sorry to interrupt. So I, I want to make sure now we talk about this RX seed coin. So where right. does RX seed coin fit into this picture? And what does it do actually? What, what's the purpose behind the coin? Okay, so RX Seed Coin um, is a business. It's a blockchain development business. And the concept is that we're going to take 30% of the resources that the business has and use it uh, in compassionate ways. In other words, use it for philanthropic purposes that includes um, building out uh, sustainable businesses in uh, affected areas. I mean, it could be an area affected by a storm. It could be a... Um, 
another country that you know they don't have infrastructure and there's there's need for things so the the vision is however we're making money in blockchain we're going to use that uh to to uh advance uh, to help try to solve basic problems of hunger homelessness um even you know uh, clean energy because pollution is a problem yeah all, all the big ticket things that people have on their mind okay and also disaster relief okay so and what why originally it was around primarily disaster relief and other things because uh jeff i also am in the construction business i own a a, a big roofing business and a construction business um and so whenever these big storms come in you know we descend into these areas and we bring aid already to people because we're just there on site to do repairs and everything. So I thought, why don't we formalize all these efforts, uh, combine them into one thing. And Amber is, is involved in a lot of blockchain development around uplifting people. So we put all this stuff together and we said, all right, what, what do we, what do we have as products? What can we offer? And we have a lot in short, uh, in a nutshell, we then, because Jeff was out, we, he and I go to these uh, construction industry meetings a lot around uh, storms and things like this. We ran into the president of solar integrated roofing and through relationships that David, the founder has in a Caribbean country, we are, I don't want to say where yet, but we are looking at becoming the, an energy provider in a country that's actually asked us to come in and create a currency for them. And that, that's a relationship-based thing, but now we have the formal invitation from the government and it's a, it's a work in progress. And so we, we ask the solar company, hey, would you guys be interested in, in we got to put the solar deployment out there. Would you guys do the work for us? And not only did they say we'd do the work, they say, hey, we'll do the financing of it. I mean, we love the idea, you know? So oh, okay. Wow. That's, about, that's good. Yeah. That's about a $12 million project um, to get it up and running. And they're, they're engaged right now. So I don't want to say the specifics until we actually right. sign the final agreement, but uh, it's all in play right now. And uh, we expect so, that to happen. So what is, so I understand the idea behind Rx Bitcoin is 30% of it would go to philanthropic efforts, right? How, how do you make money? Yeah. How does Rx Bitcoin and how does investor make money? Well, because we're a blockchain development company, there's a few different areas that we're, we're already involved in. And, and again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and put news out and then I'm chasing my own news. In other words, so let me put it to you like this, because of my background, we're looking at turning up some business blockchain business in the banking sector. Okay. The opportunities that we have, we're looking to capitalize on that, but probably the single most exciting thing before I mention some of these other uh, potential businesses is the fact that the solar integrated roofing company is a big publicly traded company. They got over $250 million worth of ongoing projects right now. I mean, that means installations. They have come in literally as a partner and founding member now, and they're financing a lot of what we're doing. And what their goal is, the reason that they did this is because they want to incorporate blockchain technology into all of their clean energy deployments. So mm. here's the biggest opportunity that's right on the table that I can share with you right now, because it's a real thing. We're under contract to do it. And I think, I think this is probably one of the most exciting things that's coming to the entire blockchain community that I've personally seen. I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it. And what it looks like is this. Right now, they have, they're, they're a growing clean energy company. They have $250 million worth of projects that they're just creating. In other words, they're just delivering right now. Okay. And this, this, their, their portfolio project just grows and grows and grows. So this includes solar, it includes other solutions around clean energy. And so what we're looking at doing here is very simply this, we are going to put together an NFT exchange that will make it possible for ordinary people that we're going to register these investment opportunities with the Securities Exchange Commission in the United States. We're in the process of doing that right now. This is the plan that I'm sharing with you. Okay. okay. 
and we're, we're down the road with this. We're getting very close to, to getting this stuff submitted to the Securities Exchange Commission. But we're going to offer to the ordinary people the opportunity to buy NFTs where their money will go into a pool of money in the solar company that will be used to finance all of the things that the, the projects that they're doing that would otherwise be financed through private equity. Okay. Uh, okay. So now you and me could go to an exchange and for as little as $50, we could become that private equity lender, so to speak, by buying an NFT. And then that NFT will in perpetuity pay interest from all the clients that are utilizing that money for their deployments. So, mm, okay. so, so now it gets very interesting here because in a, on the initial fund, what we're looking at doing is when we offer these NFTs and you buy them, they can immediately utilize all that money. We're going to start with a $20 million raise and then a $75 million raise on the initial uh, project we're doing. And that will all be funded by NFTs. And that money will just sit there in, in perpetuity. And, and as soon as it's paid back by one company, it'll be able to be used for another project. And so the NFT holders will be receiving the interest as though they were a bank or so forth that is collecting on a line of credit, if you will, that's constantly available. So if somebody wants, so if an NFT holder should just start seeing interest being paid out to their NFT and not fixed as variable because the, the, the money being, being utilized gets traded off in different projects. And then, so they'll get this residual coming in. And then if they want to sell their whole NFT, they could trade it on the NFT exchange that is being hosted by SIRC, the publicly traded company itself. So I, this is this is very exciting to me because this is, we're going to be the first very serious, I would say serious, I'm not going to say we're the first, but we're the first serious you know, organization that's going to be selling real monetized NFTs and at the on a level of several tens of millions of dollars. Or the other projects that I see that are that are meritorious in this area are, are not dealing on a scale that we're dealing with. This is going to be a, a very large scale with a lot of money involved and a lot of opportunity for people. So to me, it's a game changer. And we're only a couple months away from putting the NFTs on the site for people to buy and trade amongst themselves if they want to. So you know, you can either hold the NFT and get the interest, or you could sell it in the exchange itself to somebody else. So to me, that, that's exciting because what's next beyond that? You're literally trading in energy NFTs. The next step is trading actual kilowatt hours, you know, which is what yeah. big energy companies want to get to. And we're going to have the first platform that, that's really able to do that. So it's very exciting. The other things that we're doing along this line is we're automating through using the blockchain to automate the entire business of the delivery of power. So if, as an example, in many of these cases, the solar company is acting as the um, energy company for the client. And so if you have a situation, which happens most of the time where you have a community of clients, all that telemetry from the delivery of their power to their houses is going, we have some hardware that we're going to utilize that is going to upload that telemetry into the blockchain. Then people will be able to receive their bill automatically through the blockchain. And whether they know it or not, whether they're paying with a credit card or not, in some cases, they're going to be paying with a token, but they'll be buying a token in the middle of there, an RXC coin token, probably, <laughs> if you get my yeah. joke. So that that's what, yeah. yeah, that's where I was going. So where, um, how would RXC coin uh, be traded? Basically, is it how you're going to um, get paid from those NFTs or uh, what's the purpose of RXC coin? Like, and okay, where so, does so investors make money? Coin. Yeah, how do uh, investors make money in RX seed coin? Very good question. You got a lot of coins out there 
coming out that are really unregistered securities. You know, there are people who have coins and they say, well, we have a business underneath of here and your, your coin is based on the value of the business. And then you have people who are playing it straight and they're saying, no, we have a coin and the coin is a widget, but it's going to finance this underlying business. And then we will reward the coin holders in some way. So in our business model, we literally make a market in our own coin. So a large percentage of the profit or that we make goes back into our market making on the coin. Now I can tell you that we are, we, a part of our business model is to be an active market maker in our own coin. So a lot of organizations don't really have that formally in their plan. They just have a plan not to sell off and hurt everybody. We're, we're saying, look, if, you know, if I had a, if I were going to list this business on the stock exchange, then all of the things that the business owns would be uh, capitalizing the coins, but nobody really does that because the advantage of having a commodity coin is that you don't have to register everything on the exchange. But if you're not going to do that, you better well have a plan to reward the coin holders. So I'm going to share with you an insider trick here when it comes to listing companies on the stock exchange, which I used to do all the time. And that is that the order book management system, right? I mean, if we go, if I go to list a company on the OTC bulletin board and I have all the stock and I have a little bit of money in some accounts, I don't, you know, there's some intermediaries in there. They call them market makers in the investment stock world. But in the crypto world, you can be your own market maker. There is no intermediaries. You have organizations that buy and sell coins and they call themselves market makers, but it's a different animal than on the stock market because I can have a, a seat right on the exchange with cryptocurrency coins. So I could be my own market maker. So I'm sharing this with you to say that there's a very simple plan here. And it is, we have all the coin. There are no principles that have any coin besides us and the people who buy. If you want to buy coin from us when we're on the market, you're buying it from us. Okay. And we're certainly not going to do anything to mess up our, our coin price. Okay. And what money we do begin to make from the sales of coin, we're going to decide once we have enough volume and trading, how much we're going to take off the top if we even really need to in order to further the business that we already have going. And what that business would that be? Well, there's the NFT business with SIRC. We can do that same business with all kinds of businesses, not just power companies. Okay. But that can be duplicated across. And the beauty of it is working with publicly traded companies to do it because they're already audited and it makes the process with the Securities and Exchange Commission much easier to register their offerings than it would if we were to work with private companies. So there is a limitless possibility out there of us working with many, many publicly traded companies to help them gain finance through NFTs and registrations on the stock exchange. And our RX seed coin not only features in the middle of all the transactions that may occur when we put our technology in there, but at the most basic level, the coin operates as our giving back to the community, right? So, so what is that? What do, what do I mean by that? Well, the coin is an opportunity for us if we go in there and make a market in the, the coin and reward the coin holders and make sure that there is a market for the coin, then in times of disaster, in times of need, people, uh, we can use some of the proceeds from the sales of those coins to go in and do some good. And if people 
for example, you know, this is what we're going to start educating people about on a very large scale. And it's, it's, we're already starting to work with some other nonprofits on this. And, you know, we're not a charity coin, if you will. Okay. There's a business backing this, but this coin is a tremendous utility, both for our business deals where people are going into and out of NFTs, for example, we're going to ultimately have a card attached to the coin so that you could spend the coin on your, on your card. The coin, if it's not a utility to people, it's a waste of time, you know, right, exactly. So we are doing everything that we can, and it doesn't happen overnight, but we're doing everything that we can to make this coin a utility. And the very first thing that we're doing is we're coming out and saying, we're not just dumping the coin out here and trying to get as much money as we can. Yes, we want to see it go up to the moon. Yes, we want to see, and we want to be able to take some of the proceeds out to, to uh, help, you know, us launch more business, obviously, but in our business plan, in our white paper, we're very clear about this. We are a market maker in our own coin. So whatever we're, wherever we're making money on the blockchain, again, we're looking at in a banking sector. I'm not, I'm not at liberty to, to talk about that right now, but we have, uh, let's suffice it to say, a very good inner work knowledge of where blockchain and our coin and other people's coins and exchanges, if you will, can really benefit uh, right now by uh, working with banks. And so we have some 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 really exciting things getting ready to happen there. So we have nothing but exciting things happening that we're getting ready to exploit, but the, the lowest hanging fruit would be the NFTs with the energy company. And to me, that's going to be the biggest hit. It's going to knock it out of the park. Uh, and we so we don't need money from the coin to operate. We're, the coin is a utility for us. We're going to make it a utility for people. We're going to help reward people who are in that coin so that we can use the coin from time to time to help with disaster relief and new, new development. That's really what it's for, for us. So where can I buy... Uh the coin, Rxseed coin. Okay, well, you can go to our, our website and right now rxseedcoin.io and there will be links in there. You could literally, this is the pre-sale. We're going to be listing on BitMart and we're looking at listing on a couple other exchanges, you know, central exchanges. We're also, at the same time, we're listing on BitMart on January 15th. We're going to be listing on some DEXs at the same time. So, so uh, BitMart, huh? I, I, if I remember, they got hacked recently. Yeah, I mean, right. all these exchanges have their problems from time to time. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so hopefully they get that X together now. <laughs> yeah, we, we were scheduled to actually come out uh, this month, but we <laughs> when that happened, we said, no, 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 let's put on the brakes a second and make sure they got all their security in place. I mean, thank God nobody's individual accounts were, you know, hurt by this. They took a beating, you know, the company, but, right. uh, but they're not immune. They're, they're not, you know, no companies yeah. immune to this. Happens That's to why them. they got to have, yeah. And hacking will be there, right? It'll always be there. They got to make sure that security is always up to date. And then second is they got to have insurance, right? That's yeah. So this is awesome. So, this was great. Thank you so much for sharing. Are you ready for fire round? Fire round? Oh, man. <laughs> Do I need yeah. an extinguisher? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, you you will need an extinguisher soon. Uh oh, that was a dad joke, I think. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so favorite real estate or finance or any other related book other than yours or mine? <laughs> man, you're asking for a lot, man. I, I uh, let's see, a book on a related to finance. Well, to be honest with you, there were some books that were put out and I don't even know if they're still published, but I like books where they literally go through and talk about the technology of, of trading. And the last time I read those books, I'd have to say the New York Times used to put some out, actual published books and, and really great introductions to people uh, into the markets and things like that. My, my one book on technical market analysis, I wrote that because I got so many questions from people about, you know, stock market. I, 
I said, you know what? And all the different instruments I say, here, just take this book and read it. <laughs> so, so when it comes to advice, there's a lot of advice giving in that book. I can't really off the top of my head, uh, say any particular book that is of interest to me right now, because the market's changed so much, you know, uh, there's so much going on. It's hard to keep up with them. So I'd be hard pressed to identify specific. Any advice for beginner investors? Oh yeah. Do not trade more money than you can afford to lose because it will affect your decision-making around trading. If you do have some kind of a system that you're going to use and you invest too much money, you will not adhere to your system. Your psychology will overpower your, your ability to maintain your system. So also do not trade in over-leveraged products if you don't have a lot of money that you can afford to lose because trading with too much leverage is a great way to lose your money. I mean, experts yeah. can make money. To, doing it. To, to lose your shirts and pants. Yeah. When, when, when the market is going up, don't sell all your stuff all at once. Keep some behind, just sell little bits on the way up. And when it's going down, if you have to, as part of your strategy, sell little bits on the way down. But if you're over leveraged and it starts going the wrong direction, you're just going to, you're just going to lose everything. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. All right. How can my listeners reach out to you? Well, right now, I mean, through the rxseedcoin.io, um, you know, website, uh, I have a website, uh, it's our ericmajors.com. It's a little dated. I have to, to redo it, but you can look up my books on Amazon uh, and it tells my whole life story on there. So <laughs> if you want to hear more, it's all on there, all the good and the bad it's in there. Yeah. So that's it, you know, through Amazon, through my website, through uh, rxseedcoin.io though, I'm really involved in that project. So you can get to me through there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric, for your time today. I know we had to uh, reschedule, but I, I appreciate that you we were able to reschedule it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Great speaking Thank with you. you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.